Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Dog Podcast with your host, Kate Zakrzewski. It's been a little while since I've recorded. Um, Things have been really busy here. A lot going on, uh, teaching scent work classes. I have a few new private students and getting ready for scent work two to begin, which I'm really excited about. Um, And for this episode, I wanted to talk about Barking. (laughs) So barking, we all know it. We all maybe love it, maybe don't love it. Um, We may have dogs of our own that bark, and we may know other dogs that bark, family members, dogs, friends, neighborhood dogs. Um, Barking is, uh, I want to say almost a contentious topic. So we'll talk about my experiences first and then talk more about actual what barking is. So I have my dog, Elliot. He's a lab shepherd mix and he's always been more on the sound sensitive and visually sensitive side. that could be in part due to his shepherd background. Um, They do tend to be more sensitive to changes in the environment and they do tend to be a little bit more vocal. Um, And that is definitely the case with Elliot. Um, Personally, for me, the barking, his barking doesn't really bother me. Um, What I do worry about is that he's stressed when he's barking and I don't want him to feel that way. So I've been working with him on his barking for quite some time. Um, He's five and I've had him since he was nine months old. Um, And a lot of his barking is really due to people walking by the house, uh, different sounds, um, kids running by, playing, other dogs walking by. And that's more of his alert barking. Um, He does bark in other times, in other ways. (laughs) He does his play barking. um, And that's about it. He doesn't really do much of the other types of barking. Um, And so I've been working with him in different ways to try to understand where he's coming from, trying to... um, teach him not to bark, which I think is kind of horrible, honestly. Um, but it may be a way that in which he can control himself on when he's barking or what he's barking at, um, giving him time to just bark, 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 bark it out in hopes that if he could get it all out, then he wouldn't feel the need to at another point. Um, I've tried putting his bark on cue and then phasing the cue out. Um, I have not been consistent with that. And I have some confliction with that also because um, barking is normal and barking is natural. Um, And dogs bark as a way of communicating. And I don't exactly want to stifle his communication um, because that could result in 
other forms of more drastic communication. And I don't want anybody's dogs, my dogs, anybody's dogs to feel that they need to get to a point where they have to make it very well known that they do not feel safe. Um, So I don't exactly want to snuff out his barking. I would like to help him feel better in his environment, help him feel more safe so that he doesn't feel the need to bark, um, that he doesn't feel the need to um, protect our house. Um, Just because he does bark a lot. (laughs) And again, it goes back to that stress point where I don't want him to feel stressed out all the time. Um, So I've been talking to him more about barking. I'm talking to him about the things that are going on that he's barking about. Like, you know, if somebody's walking past, I say, oh, yeah, they're just taking a walk. They're just walking. Or if he notices a car start to move um, and across the street in the neighbor's driveway, then I say, oh, yeah, that's the neighbor. They're going to work or they're coming home or whatever. Um, or if kids are walking to the school bus in the morning, I just say, oh, oh there's the kids. Yep, they're going to school. Um We talk about the different cars that drive by, um, the different sounds, everything like that, in in hopes that it'll help to normalize the situation for him so he doesn't feel the need to alert and protect. Um, I've been working with the Step Up Hack from Kim Brophy's Family Dog Mediator course, and that's where you kind of step up to something that might be scary. Um, you're the one who's stepping up to that, um, actually physically walking up. You know, you might not walk all the way up if it's that scary for your dog, but you want to kind of step up and come out in front of them along the side of them to show, I've got this. You don't need to worry about it. You know, I appreciate you. I understand you that you want to protect me or protect yourself or our space, our property, the other animals or people in the house, but I've got this. I can take care of this. Um, So we've been working on that, and that actually is going fairly well. Um, Doesn't work all the time, (laughs) but I've definitely noticed a change in his mentality when it does work. Um, So we've been working on that. Um, I tried counting his barks, telling him one bark, two bark, okay, three barks, let's go take a break, Um, and trying to help him come over to his mat to calm down, relax, give me some calming signals, um, and then be able to go back to whatever he was doing. Um, That is still a work in progress. (laughs) We do have some success success with that, Um, but part of it is that I have another dog, and Elliot wants to go back to whatever Bruno is doing um, and kind of bark at him because he wants to play or he wants whatever Bruno has or he wants Bruno to kind of chase him. Um, So I need to couple the coming over to the mat and giving calming signals and relaxing along with doing something with Elliot. So playing, um, taking, going outside with him, Um, doing something with him so he feels like he's still getting that need met of wanting to play 
um, even though he might not want to play with me, <laughs> he might actually want to play with Bruno, and I'm not a good substitute for him at that time, you know, but we are working on it, and that is a work in progress. Um, so I had a few experiences recently that kind of upset me. Um, we were waiting, well, no, we got our harnesses on, and we were going to go out for a walk. And I live in a fairly busy neighborhood, a lot of kids and families, and it's starting to be nice out. So everybody's out walking and riding their bikes. Um, and we were about to head out, but there was a family walking past my house, um, walking past my driveway. And the, I, the dogs had their harnesses on. I had the leashes. The door was shut. We were ready to go. But because they were walking past our driveway, I wanted to wait until they were passed so that we could then go out um, because Elliot would just want to go up and meet them. He would just want to go up and see them and tell tell them hello and get love and pets from them. Um, but they might not appreciate that. <laughs> so I didn't want to go out there and create that situation. So I was waiting for them to walk past. And I was so focused on them walking past so we could go for our walk that I wasn't really thinking that we should just go back inside. Um, and so Elliot was barking at them. Um, and <clears throat> the mom stopped and turned and asked me if Elliot barks at everybody like that. And I said, yes, <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> I didn't train him just to bark specifically at certain people. Um, but yeah, he barks at everybody that walks past. Um, that's what he does. It's part of his nature. That's part of his breed makeup. Um, he's protecting his house and he's telling me or whoever is listening that, hey, there's somebody walking past right now. Um, and I think also part of it is that he wants to go out to meet them and play with them. He really does love people. Um, and he really, really enjoys interacting with people. So that was probably part of the barking as well. Um, but the mom stopped and, you know, asked me if he barks at everybody like that. And I said, yes, of course he does. And then she asked me if I ever thought of teaching him not to do that. And I said that barking is a natural dog behavior. Um, and she said, no, that it's not because every other dog in the neighborhood doesn't bark at them like that when they walk past. And I didn't want to continue possibly getting into an argument, um, especially because Elliot was still out there barking. <laughs> we should have just went in the house. Um, but I felt the need to advocate for my dog and stand up for my dog. And I don't know what the situations are with the other dogs in the neighborhood, why they don't bark when they walk past, but I know that they bark when we walk past, <laughs> but I'm also with two dogs. So that could be why they're barking. Maybe if I was walking just by myself, um, they wouldn't bark as much. I don't know. But there are dogs in the neighborhood that definitely bark at us every time we walk past them. <laughs> um, so that was that. And then just a few weeks after that, <clears throat> Um, we were out on our morning walk, and since we've been doing more 
um, control unleashed pattern games and working with the um, predation substitute training from Simone Mueller and control unleashed is from Leslie McDevitt. Um, our walks have been amazing. And we only go for short walks most of the time. We only go around our block in the neighborhood. Um, but I find that's better because we I know where all the dogs are. <laughs> so we can cross the street if we need to. Um, I know where most of the kids live. So we can, again, you know, easily avoid that if we need to. Um, and yeah, it's a short walk, but it is enjoyable and it is relaxed and it is calm for not only me, but for my dogs also. Elliot is so much different now on walks than he used to be ever since we started doing Leslie McDevitt's um, Control Unleashed Pattern Games and Simone Mueller's um, Predation Substitute Training. The walks have been amazing. Um, and so anyways, so we've been out walking. Um, and I guess I should tell you why the walks are amazing is because Elliot's not reacting to things the way he used to. Um, he used to be a little unmanageable on walks, um, reactive, you know, barking. Um, and I think, again, mostly because he wanted to go visit people, not because he was trying to tell people or other dogs to get away from us. Um, he truly wants to just go over and visit and say hi and get smushes and love and hugs and everything. Um, so anyways, so our walks are totally different. Elliot is incredibly non-reactive to, there's this one house with um, three dogs and they usually can get their heads out underneath the fence and like pop out and peer at us as we're walking. Um, and that used to be very tricky walking past that house. Um, but since we've been doing the pattern games and the predation substitute training, he has, he could care less that those dogs are there. He doesn't even look at them. He actually on his own decides to cross the street when we're getting closer to that house, um, which is really cool. Um, he can walk past. He doesn't look at them. He's still chill. The leash, leash is loose. It's it's amazing. So <clears throat> our walks have been like that for the better part of a year. So I'm not entirely sure where this person was coming from, this second uh, person. <laughs> but we stopped. So we are walking. Um, and there was a person getting into their car. And part of the training that we've been doing is to stop and watch. Because if we're letting our dogs watch something, they're getting used to seeing that thing in the environment. They're satisfying part of their predatory sequence. Um, and it gives us a chance to talk to them and say, yeah, that's, you know, that's this person. They're getting in their car. Oh, look, there's that dog. Oh, there's that kid, you know, and if we're too close to whatever that thing is and it's too exciting for our dogs, I always increase distance. So, for instance, with this episode from the other day, um, this person was getting into their car and they were in their driveway um, and I knew like Elliot was watching the whole time, just kind of watching what she was doing because um, he wanted to go over and say hi. 
um, I know my dog. <laughs> I know that's what he wants to do. Okay. Um, and so we walked past the house and we got almost to the opposite side of their house from the driveway. And then we turned and I said, oh, do you want, yeah, let's look, let's just watch. Um, and we're just standing there watching, you know, and Elliot's just looking and he really wanted to go over. Um, he wasn't lunging. He wasn't pulling. He wasn't barking. He was just standing there. And he actually let out a little bit of a whine um, because he, he really just wanted to go over there and say hi. Well, this person said, oh, you're just a meanie in public, but you're really just a big baby. And that just because of the situation a few weeks ago with the other family, um, and then what this person said about <clears throat> my dog being mean in public, I was kind of taken aback and confused because we take walks every day in our neighborhood. And I think everybody can see that Elliot is very calm. Now, if they don't see us walking or they haven't seen us walking and they only see Elliot from our backyard, I can see how that might look a little different because he's generally barking, because he's alerting that there's somebody walking past. There's things in the environment that are moving. Um, so I can see how that might look a little different. But I also feel that we've been walking in the neighborhood enough for most people to see that Elliot can also be very calm <laughs> and not bark. Um, and then I started to wonder if we have a reputation in the neighborhood. Do people really think that my dog is mean? And do they think that because he barks? That <clears throat> didn't sit well with me. Um, and not to a point where I was going to go tell people off. That's not productive whatsoever. Um, but I just don't want him to have that reputation because he's not mean. And just because he barks doesn't mean anything. You know, he's, he has absolutely no bite history at all. Um, he's never been vicious. He's never been aggressive. Um, he's just a guy that wants to be loved. He just wants to snuggle and he loves meeting new people. He loves kids, though he's a little bit too rambunctious for them because he does jump sometimes and I'm worried that they'll knock, he'll knock them over. But he's just so happy. He's just so happy-go-lucky. Um, so it upsets me that maybe my dog has a reputation that isn't true because he's doing something that's normal for him. <clears throat> he's doing something that probably up until... Recently, we all wanted our dogs to do. We all wanted our dogs to bark if there was an intruder or somebody coming onto our property or something strange happening. So I don't know exactly when or where barking became taboo. Um, barking is a dog's way of communicating, one of their ways. They're talking, they're telling it may sound like gibberish to us. <laughs> it may not make any sense to us, but to other dogs and potentially other animals, they are clearly saying things to each other. 
they know what the barks mean. They know what the body language means. They can interpret it and then decipher it. Um, and I think some of us are beginning to learn how to speak that language. Um, I think more people need to learn, but that's another chat for another day. Um, so barking, barking is normal. Like some breeds do it more than others. Some breeds don't bark at all. Um, and it's important to know what kind of dog you have because that will give you an idea as to how much they might bark and why or when or where. Um, and I think we need to normalize barking again. Just because Elliot barks does not mean he's going to hurt anybody or that he's mean. He's just telling me that there's somebody walking past the house. And I think that is perfectly okay. Um, barking is one of the lower level communications that our dogs give off. Um, you know, body language, um, the way they move their body, their tail, their eyes, their jaws, their ears, um, the way they may play bow or stand rigid. That's all communication. That's all telling us exactly how our dogs are feeling in the moment. Um, and I just hope that we can get better as a society at being okay with barking again. Um, and I also wanted to say, <clears throat> um, if a dog doesn't bark, that might be part of their breed makeup, um, which is totally fine. But sometimes dogs have learned that people or other animals aren't listening to their low-level communications. They've learned that other beings aren't listening to their side glances or their teeth showing or them trying to move away from something um, or they're barking or they've been taught to not do those things. And so even though they're still a living, breathing being inside of that body that wants to communicate and is trying to tell us things, but for some reason, we've shut that communication pathway down. And maybe our dogs have learned not to vocalize, but at some point, under some circumstance, they're going to need to communicate in some way because they're going to, at some point, potentially feel unsafe enough to have to be more loud with their communication. And being more loud for dogs generally involves biting. Um, dogs, the last thing a dog actually wants to do is bite or get bitten. Absolutely the last thing. Some dogs are more quick to go to that than others. That's all about breeds and what every, every type of dog has been bred for. Um, but if you think about in the wild, um, if an animal gets involved in a fight and they get hurt, 
that really can decrease their survival. That can decrease their personal survival. That can decrease their ability to <clears throat> have offspring, you know, if they can't survive. Um, so the last thing that dogs, and I'd say animals in general, want to do is fight. <laughs> um, and it's so very true for our dogs. It's the very last thing that they actually want to do. But if we make it so that they can't tell us in any other way how they're feeling, they may go to biting because they're not being heard. Um, and that's really something that we want to avoid at all costs. Um, once a dog bites, that just kind of changes the whole playing field, depending on circumstances and what kind of bite it was, how frequent it was, things like that. There's a lot of details that go into biting. Um, but ultimately, they don't want to have to bite. And I think we need to recognize that and set our dogs up so they don't ever feel like they have to get to that point. Because um, it's really unfair. And, you know, I've been bitten. Uh, one was an accident. <laughs> one was a surprise. Um, and it really wasn't that bad. Um, and the other one uh, was not an accident. Well, I mean, no, it kind of was because I didn't do the things that I should have been doing. Um, I didn't really think. I just kind of jumped into action um, because of what was happening. Um, and I had a bunch of stuff in my house that I could have used to break up the dog attack. Um, but because it happened so quickly and I didn't want to leave my dog out there while she was being attacked, I lost all sense of my mind. Um, but that was not a surprise like the other dog bite was. Um, it was a real dog bite. And while it wasn't that bad, it definitely could have been. Um, and I did hear my bones crunching. <laughs> I definitely heard the crunch. Um, and it was incredibly traumatic. Not only for me, but I'm sure for that dog also. Um, and so we just don't ever really want to get to that point because... We just don't. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope all of this made sense. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. Let's normalize barking. Unless obviously if your dog, you know, is barking out of character, then that might mean something else. Um, but it's normal barking. Uh, I think we should be okay with it. And if you want to learn more, um, Turid Rugus has an excellent book called Barking, The Sound of a Language. And I highly recommend that you read it. It's a very easy read and it goes over all the different types of barks, what they mean, where they come from, 
and how to work with them if that's what you want to do. All right. Well, thank you again so much for listening. And I hope you have an excellent rest of your day.